0: Hello and welcome to the Any Given Sunday Dynasty League Pod. I'm your host, Bishop Darby. Today we're joined by new member Justin Rogers and co commissioner Parker Pierce as we break down the league trades, reviews, matchups, and smack talk. I hope you enjoy today's show. Without further ado, I'm going to toss it over to the handsome host, myself. Okay, well, <clears throat> good morning. Um, when you guys are watching this, it'll be Saturday morning. I hope that your weekend is off to a good start. We are excited to bring in Justin Rogers for the first time that we've gotten to interview him since he's joined the league. Um, Dr. Rogers, do you want to give us just an overview of you uh, before we jump into today?
1: Sure. Uh, I teach uh, biblical studies here at Freed Hardeman University, and I've been here since 2010. I have a Ph.D. in Hebraic studies. And I love football. So I'm still learning about fantasy in a lot of ways. But it's been fun.
0: I'll tell you what, um, you coming into this league, you had to adopt a very rough team. Um, It had some high-end talent, for sure. You got the first overall rookie draft pick, picked up CEH. That's nice. But other than that, there wasn't much depth. Uh, Your first couple weeks of being active, you cut like half your roster. Because there, were, there had to be the great purge. Uh, but since then, you've gone 4-2, and two, kind of a surprise. No offense. I hope you don't take this this way. We all predicted you to be the last place team in our, in our league. Uh, but now I am, I am solidly holding down that, that future prospect. But uh, seriously, it's been quite a turnaround, in large part due to the recent trading um, that you've undergone. We'll talk about that in just a second in our trade review. But your roster, you take a snapshot of where you are right now versus where you were four weeks ago, <laughs> and your roster doesn't look anything the same. Uh, so that's kind of a, it's kind of an interesting turnaround. Um, moving forward, what, is, what has been your strategy so far, and what is going to be your strategy moving forward through for the rest of the year?
1: Well, um, this is something that I'm sort of surprised at, too. I kind of expected to finish. My goal, actually, was to finish in the middle of the league this year and then uh, to stock some good draft picks and maybe try to build for the future. But it's turned out that my draft was much better this year than I really expected it to be. Uh, Justin Jefferson has been a huge surprise. Uh, Ruggs, still, um, he's inconsistent, but he has a really high end, I think. So if I could get more consistency out of him, he would look like a really good pick also. And then, of course, uh, Edwards-Hilaire has been solid. And so that, that has helped to stabilize my roster a bit. And then I picked up some really good players who have performed consistently at a solid clip. So I've been kind of fortunate, I think. Uh, I didn't expect to be 4-2 at this point, but I'm glad I am. And I hope I'm set up even to be better going forward and I have some good draft picks for the future. So I've kind of been able to stabilize this year and then look forward to maybe building next and the year after. Yeah.
0: Well, with your draft capital that you have going into this next two drafts, that's going to help you a lot. Um, I, I want to take a second and talk about Henry Ruggs. That's a, that's a guy that's when you have the other two superstar breakouts, right? You have CEH and you have Justin Jefferson. It's easy for him to kind of fall under the radar. Yep. But coming out of college, he was a first round prospect with first round talent in an emerging offense. Yep. Uh, David, uh, Derek Carr, excuse me, has been very, very exciting to watch. Um, and I think on the deep targets that he's been hit accurately with, he's made big plays with. He has yep. these splash moments. He reminds me a lot of a more consistent Marquise Brown mm. or a less consistent McCullough Hardeman. <laughs> and I think that, that, <laughs> that he gets the uh, the variance there. But John Brown's made a career of that. And I yep. think ultimately he could be that for you on a week where even in his first year, you need a plug and play, you need a big play opportunity, you're down by a bunch of points, he could get you that. He'll win you some weeks. He's yeah. an exciting prospect. Yeah. Um, right now, looking at your roster, who would you say your favorite player is to have to run out there every week?
1: Well, this is an easy question. To answer is Patrick Mahomes. Right. <laughs> he may be the best player in the league. So yeah, for me that that's an easy answer.
0: And in dynasty, you got him locked down for ten years. Um, yeah. I mean. You, you may be sitting with a grandkid on your lap by the time that you can find a new quarterback.
1: <laughs> yeah, the way they are playing now, that's for sure, 40, 41 years old.
0: Man, it's, it's incredible. Um, I, looking at your roster, the part of it that I envy the most is, weirdly, it's your older wide receivers that you have. Because you have a couple of aging guys who yeah. are still producing at a high level with their backups in the wings. We just mentioned them, Henry Ruggs and Justin Jefferson. That combination is really interesting. But let's start jumping into some trade reviews where we're going to look through the trades that we recently had in the league that kind of changed the landscape. Mm -hmm. Let's start with your trade, Calvin Ridley on one end, Robert Woods, a 2021 first, and a 2022 fourth on the other. Give us the insight as to why that trade went through, and then Parker and I will do some reviewing of it.
1: Well, from my perspective, um, like I said, it was my goal going into the season to build for the future. And so it gave me that draft capital going forward. But also, I think Robert Woods is a solid performer, even now. I think he's 29 years old, but he's still really good week to week. So I can count on him for 10 to 12 points every week. Uh, Inconsistency is the hardest thing, I think, to maintain in fantasy. So I wanted to have that. Uh, I gave up a little bit of uh, age, I guess, uh, and explosiveness because Ridley is capable of a 30 point week, um, two or three times a year. And especially with Julio's injury problems, he's gotten the ball a lot this year. So I feel like it was a pretty even deal um, for me and and for the person I traded with, I think it it ended up working out for both of us for what we were trying to do. So I don't think one person won the trade or anything.
0: Parker, what do you think on that? Any thoughts you have on that trade?
1: Yeah,
2: I like it a lot. Um, Robert was, I was just looking over his 2020 production. He's gone 14, 10, 17, had an off week against the Giants of all teams at six. And then he was 15 and then 12. So you picked up the wide receiver. He's ranked number 13 right now. 14 in PPR leagues. uh, Gave up, I believe Calvin Ridley is considered the number one right now. Last I looked, he was the number one wide receiver. But I, it's Atlanta. I mean, I just – I don't trust that offense. I don't trust their offensive line specifically. Let me rephrase it. Um, I think their wide receivers are really good. I think Julio and I think Calvin Ridley are very good. I think they've got a good offensive tools. I just don't trust their line. And I I don't trust their ability to hold a lead either.
0: <laughs> Which I, I agree with you on that. Uh, to take it a step further, let's let's look at the last ten game logs where uh, Robert Woods was healthy. The reason he went down on the Giants, you mentioned it, was actually because he left with hamstring cramps. So the last ten games that he's fully played healthy, uh, going into last season, we're looking at point logs that are averaging sixteen point nine points a game.
2: That's stellar. Uh,
0: That is a solid performance.
2: And as consistent as you can get from the wide receiver spot, I think.
0: And even with his injury bug, which he has had, let's look at his last three years. He's finished as, in 2018, the wide receiver 10, 2019, the wide receiver 20, and then in 2020, the wide receiver 13 so far. I mean, you can't beat a top 15 talent consistently year after year. Mm -hmm.
2: And then – That's just a player comparison between Ridley and Woods, and there's no, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to dispute that Ridley has the higher upside and the higher boom potential, but then you also picked up a first-round pick and then a fourth-round pick for next year, so, uh, I mean, and if if you hit on your first-round picks like you hit this most recent year, then you're sitting pretty.
0: We're going to have a moment at the end of the show. We're going to talk a little bit about the upcoming draft. a couple of players that are flying under the radar. I have my my binder ready for developmental player notes. Uh, <laughs> so we'll talk a little bit about that. But this, this next year's draft class is uh, really loaded. Um, 2022, I'm just going to go ahead and throw a plug out there. Start getting draft picks for 2022 because, boy, howdy, there are some running backs coming out that look fantastic in that class as well. Uh, I thought let's you were a wide receiver
2: second. guy, Bishop. i didn't think you drafted running backs
0: hey i'll tell you what you make fun of zero rb formats all you want this year i am killing it in best ball um which is awesome but my redraft leagues are not as awesome that's the (laughs) trade-off of zero rb (laughs) um let's go ahead and jump into our second trade that we'll discuss today um I feel kind of weird bringing this one up because I was kind of the recipient of it, so I'll let you guys do a lot of the analysis. Um, Tyler Higby, Hollywood Brown, Julio Jones in the 2021 second for Robert Woods, Dak Prescott in the 2021 first. Um, I would like to start by saying Robert Woods has been a journeyman these last, like, 48 hours. He's thrown all over the country. Uh, but he's now out in Pennsylvania with Nick. But, uh, no, he's in Tennessee with you. So, man, what a what a whirlwind. Uh, what do you guys think about that trade?
2: Go for it, Justin. What do you think?
1: Well, I think, uh, first of all, I think that um, anytime you have a quarterback in a draft, uh, quarterbacks are just going to be point producers. And even though Dak obviously is hurt now, uh, so it's more of a future move than this season move. Uh, I feel like it's, um, it's easy to say that the person who gets the quarterback wins but the truth is Hollywood Brown and Julio Jones, at least those two players, um, they have a lot of big point potential. Julio's a solid guy. Brown is a little more inconsistent, I guess, but um, I feel like that if you needed the positions, then that was a good trade. Um, but uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, I'm not a big fan of um, drafting players who are injured uh, whenever it's uncertain what it's gonna look like going forward. Um, so, Dak, I wouldn't be surprised if his production drops significantly next season.
2: Yeah, I would say you definitely had uh, the future in mind. <clears throat> no, wait a minute. You gave up Robert Woods and Dak Prescott, correct? Okay, so I'm looking at it the wrong way. Uh, you picked up some really good receivers off that trade. I mean, Hollywood Brown has had his moments Julio Jones is Julio Jones, of course. And then you really didn't lose as, as much draft capital as it would. I mean, you picked up a second rounder. You gave up a first rounder, but uh, you, you picked up a second rounder. So you just basically moved back around for Julio Jones and Hollywood Brown. Tyler Higbee, I haven't glanced at his production, but I'm sure he's he's doing fine at the the tight end position, correct? Yeah. I mean, he'll okay. score
0: 100 points one week and then he'll disappear for three games yeah. and then he'll well, score 100 points.
1: <laughs>
2: the story of tight end.
1: The much. challenge is the consistency with both Brown and Higby, I think. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: I think, I mean, a lot of this, the, look, this is going to be a trade that I'll look back on because if Dak gets back to his old production numbers... Then I think this trade looks significantly worse for you. But if he takes a step back at all, uh, I think I like the the receiver end of this trade a little bit more.
0: To be honest, um, Hollywood fits my breakout candidate for what a wide receiver uh, right. explosion looks like, mm. and so I I roll all of the dice on on him being what I think he could be. Uh, but even I mean, I traded basically
1: for sure. He's a deep threat for sure.
0: And, that, and that's me, I mean, if he turns out to be Deshaun Jackson for yeah. three or four seasons, then I think I've won that trade um, in a landslide because I picked up Julio, who, let's be honest, he's 31, but he's a wide receiver at 31. And he, he is a wide receiver at 31 who, when he came back from an injury that has been plaguing him all season, he's, he put up 30 points. Yeah. I really have a lot of confidence in Julio for the next couple of years, which gives uh, Hollywood time to break out like I think he's going to. I just yeah. hope he doesn't follow the Devontae Parker train of breakout, which takes like a thousand years. <laughs> but we'll see what happens. Um yeah. the, the
1: Jarvis Landry uh style of
0: <laughs> slowly breaks out, finally breaks out, and then goes back to irrelevance. That's uh yeah. Yeah, that's that's both of their MOs. By the way, if anyone wants Devonte Parker, come and get it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, let's end it up with one more trade here since uh since we kind of picked on uh Justin and I's trades. Let's uh partner <coughs> throw it at you.
2: Oh good. Uh,
0: Cooper Cup, Hayden Hurst, Miles Sanders, 2021 fifth for Ezekiel Elliott. You losing Ezekiel Elliott, but picking up a wide receiver talent, a tight end talent, a running back talent, and uh basically a developmental pick going into this draft. Uh, before Justin and I kind of give our thoughts on it, what is your reason for making that trade? What, what was going through your mind? Uh,
2: I was really deep at running back. Still am deep at running back. Uh, before I traded him, I had Zeke, I had Kamara, I had Jonathan Taylor, uh, I had Rojo, and Rojo's backup. So yeah, I wasn't hurting for running backs. Uh, no, I'm not pleased about giving up Ezekiel Elliott, but I got, three players that I feel like I can play like Miles Sanders is going to produce whenever he's healthy. So, you know, he's no slouch there. Cooper cup. I'm a little confused about Cooper cup and his production a little bit, but I think he could be potentially he could, he could be a consistent starter in my lineup. Uh, And then Hayden Hurst tight end is such a, if you don't have like the top one or two tight end, then you don't really have a tight. I mean, you might get one point and then you might get 700 points from your tight end in a given week. But Hayden Hurst has been okay in Atlanta. So I got three players that I felt like could, I could slide in and start every week plus a fifth round pick um, for a player who (laughs) really didn't want to, (laughs) <laughs> want to play for his quarterback last week
0: <laughs> yeah. well and I want to I want to throw this out there um, and then I'll hand it over to Justin my thoughts on it are very simple I'm not sure Zeke's the long-term answer in Dallas anymore really when they were a run-heavy team um, his efficiency numbers were off the charts his usage was off the charts we have seen a 11% increase in the usage of Tony Pollard with an efficiency rating that is skyrocketed. Uh he is the traditional scat back he mimics a lot of like what Boston Scott uh, was able to do last night for Philadelphia, what Austin Eckler became in the, uh, for the Chargers, it would not surprise me at all for Zeke to either become a 1A and a 1A-1B one 1A, 1B split, similar to the Melvin Gordon-Austin Eckler combination, or quite frankly, for the cap hit to be too great. And in a couple of years when mm-hmm. they decide to re-sign Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb, that Zeke becomes a cap casualty like Todd Gurley was, and he's, he's let go. Yeah,
2: um, those numbers are in a Dak Prescott offense. So, and... Maybe he maybe he blossoms with Andy Dalton under center if they can get something figured out and he maybe they turn into a run heavy team. I kind of I th- I really thought they were going to lean on him a little bit more mm-hmm. in that game after, especially the game after Dak goes out because Andy Dalton is still trying to pick up the pieces and figure out how to be the starter in that offense and I've, the best way to do that would just be to turn around and hand the ball off to your all pro running back but clearly not the case I, I, he did
1: fumble I think, it twice so. I, I think I agree with um I think I agree with kind of the logic of both sides of this trade I think that we still don't know what Dallas is doing with Zeke for the rest of the season I think we we just haven't seen enough of that offense I think that the first thought seems to have been well we got this incredible receiving core let's keep throwing the ball with Andy Dalton but I'm not sure that's going to work, especially if they can't win games like that. And, I, and so I think as the season goes on, you might actually see more of what you saw in Dak's first year, and that is Zeke is getting a ton of touches. Uh, maybe even uh, you know, out of the backfield as a ball catcher sort of thing. So I think his production has the potential this season of going through the roof. And so I, I like that perspective. Um, on the other hand, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. And Cooper Cup has been an ascending player for the last several years. And this season, there is no reason why he shouldn't be better than he is. And so there's potential there, too. And I think he will get better as the season goes on. I'm just looking at his numbers. You know, he scored last season 220 fantasy points in 16 games. That's pretty good. He scored 115 in only eight games in 2018. So... I feel like there's a huge upside to Cooper Cup. He could be a really consistent target, but the Rams need to be more consistent on offense before that happens.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, well, that'll kind of wrap up our trade review section. So we're going to jump into our weekly matchups. Basically, we're going to just look at our slate and decide who we think's winning and who we think's losing. Let's start it off. Justin, you're going to be the tiebreaker here. Parker and I are playing each other. Um, I clearly am going to win with the Gardner stash rocking on my face. I am I am infusing myself with the power of Gardner Minshew. We're, we're lining up the Visca Chenault Gardner Minshew stack. Uh, who do you think is running away with this game?
1: I, I'd say I'd give it to Parker.
2: Hey.
0: <laughs> and that's the last time you're invited to the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> No Although it looks like you
1: are solidly ahead as of today.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah, if it ended Ingram, right yes. now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 7 point lead insurmountable <laughs> insurmountable. Uh no in all seriousness I think uh Miles Sanders being out helps me but not enough uh for me to overcome. Uh, I really do think that uh my team is looking great a year and a half from now uh with a lot of my rising talents Judy Laviska, Chenault, but no Parker I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and we're just going to move on from this game because you're going to you're going to run away with this one. Mm-hmm. Um, the most exciting game of the week for me is actually Chase versus Justin. Both are four and two. Yep. Um, and I, I'm really curious about Chase's success. I look at his roster and I look at what he's doing, and he just keeps winning. Uh, he has remarkable depth, but he with Dalvin Cook out, he doesn't have that up that uh, like one s- superior talent. So um, I'll I'll throw it over to you, Parker. I think, Justin, you're going to win this game. I think it's not even going to be a close margin. Um, I actually think that your breakout players are going to break out more than his. Uh, Parker, what are your thoughts on it?
2: Just kind of going through here and looking at the individual matchups. And I think the, the only slot that I'm looking at where Chase wins it in the head-to-head matchup might be at the Tyreek Hill-Juju Smith-Schuster matchup. I think Hill may end up outscoring Tyreek, even though it says that Juju has the favorable matchup against Tennessee. And then I think George Kittle is better than Jimmy Graham just about any day of the week. So I think he wins the tight end matchup, but everywhere else, I like Justin's roster, I think. I think the there's probably potential for Kyler Murray to outscore Patrick Mahomes this week because Seattle's secondary is terrible. But I, I like Justin in this matchup personally.
0: I think, uh, I think that pretty much does it. So it looks like we have a universal pick for Parker, a universal pick for Justin. Let's jump into our next matchup, uh, Jeff versus Nick Nick's one and five, but his resters a lot better than one and five. He's gotten hit with the injury bug. With the addition of Calvin Ridley and some of his other key um, moves over the last couple of days, uh, I think he's going to run away with this, and I think he's going to put together a string of a couple of wins in a row here. I, I still don't count Nick out for a deep playoff run, no. um, mm-hmm. but I I don't think Jeff should be three and three. Um, I think Jeff is a sorry football manager and I think that he is going to continually disappoint uh, as he has up to this point. Uh, I mean, I have no reason to believe otherwise. Um, so Nick, I hope you beat him. I hope you beat him badly. I hope you beat him into tears. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on this game? I really
1: like what Nick has done uh, in, in this well, just this week with his roster. I think he's setting himself up for a pretty good run this season so, yeah, I would give him the edge. And I feel like he is probably going to be the most dangerous player going forward, at least based on his record from where he's been to where he's going to be.
2: Yeah, I agree. And these first six weeks may end up being a, a blessing in disguise for him because he could be in a a better position come draft day mm-hmm. because of these early struggles and the, earth and the injury bug. So he may – I mean, I could see this roster winning at all, honestly. Looking, looking through what he's got here he could end up winning the whole thing and still getting a, a fairly decent draft pick because the <laughs> I don't know what happened five
0: losses yeah, yeah
2: that was rough
0: but I, I, I think um I'm just going to say this i still he's still my pick to win it all he was my pick at the yeah. beginning of the season and it has not changed yeah. um I really do think that he is still the favorite to to win it all this year um but I think the the winner of next year is in next game that we're going to talk about Justin Campbell versus Cameron. I don't know if you've taken a second and looked at his three wide receivers that he has right now. Uh, I mean, you got A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, and T. Higgins. I legitimately believe that his wide receiving core is going to hold three of the top ten receivers going into next season. Um, Unbelievable. Unbelievable there. But it's not 2022. It is 2020. And I think he's going to lose this game to Cameron pretty handedly.
2: Yeah, just going through here, looking at the matchups, I think you're I think you right. He's got the tight end matchup. I think this year Davis, Thomas, Godwin, well, if Thomas plays, um, there's still some doubt on, on, on whether or not Tom, Michael Thomas is going to play. And if he doesn't play that, I'm just looking at who he's got on the bench here, that could have a pretty big impact. There's CeeDee Lamb, but yeah, I, I think I think Cam probably wins this game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think this is just a tough. This is a tough call because of the uncertainty with the questionable players on the roster. But you know, definitely, I think he's got the edge, uh, and I feel like he probably will win. Yeah, and Will Fuller could have a big week too. Yeah, he, he he. It wouldn't surprise. He's the kind of guy you know who has a breakout game every now and then, and against Green Bay's defense, I feel like he really could have a breakout to this week.
0: I agree. Um, so you guys thinking, I think we're all on the same page here um, for this game, but I will say, Justin, your roster looks fantastic moving forward. J Cam, um, keep it up, man. That, that You're building up for a crazy run next year. Let's, uh, let's end out today with a little bit of a, a name game in fact and fiction. Uh, we'll keep this abbreviated because I know we're running short on our time. But uh, rest of season, Tua Time has arrived in Miami. He is now the starting quarterback. What we're going to do, Parker and Justin, is I'm going to give you a name. And basically, it's going to be Tua or, and I'll give you another quarterback. Quickly tell me who you would pick. You ready? Let's get it rolling. Tua Tagovailoa or Kyle Allen, rest of season. Parker? Um,
2: I think Tua. Tua.
0: Tua or Gardner Minshew rest of season?
2: <laughs> I'll take Gardner Minshew, actually.
1: Yeah, I would go with Gardner. He's a known commodity. Yeah.
0: Tua or Drew Locke rest of season?
2: Oh, I know what Justin would say.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with uh, Tua.
0: Man, you I just think, broke Justin Campbell's heart right there. I think, I'm to just uh, letting you know.
2: That kills me to say, but I think I would rather have Tua. I think he's just got the better team.
1: I'm going to go with Drew Locke.
0: I would go with Drew Locke as well. I think the assets around him, especially Jerry, Judy, and Tim Patrick is unbelievable. Uh, let's end it out here. a Tug of Aloha or Teddy Bridgewater rest of season?
2: I'll go Teddy.
1: Yeah. I'd say Teddy. They're similar players, aren't they?
0: Yeah, they're both are going to be kind of game managers with explosive talent, and I think they're going to have games where if they have 300 passing yards, it's because Devonte Parker took a 70-yard slant to the house, <laughs> uh, not because he threw a 70-yard bomb. <laughs> okay, let's let's uh, move on to the wide receiver position here: DJ Moore or Odell Beckham Jr. Rest of season.
1: DJ. I'd still say Odell's got a lot in him that we haven't seen this season. I'm going with Odell.
0: DJ Moore or on his own team, Robbie Anderson?
1: Oh,
2: I I think Robbie is legit. I like Robbie Anderson.
1: Yeah, I mean, if they could get it together uh, <clears throat> in their offense, he would be a much better player. I, I'd say Robbie Anderson.
0: I would too. Robbie Anderson's blown up, but their efficiency as a team has been very poor. Uh, DJ Moore or Juju Smith-Schuster rest of season? That right there means it's a good question. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Uh, I I have to believe that at some point this season, they get it together with Juju
1: in Pittsburgh. So I'm going to go with Juju. Yeah, I obviously would go with Juju. I traded for him thinking he's going to be better.
0: And then uh, let's end out this conversation with DJ Moore or DJ Chark. Rest of season. Let's see.
1: I know. I know. Sorry. Oh no! I was just thinking.
0: Um, I, it was a perfectly timed uh, sigh.
1: I'm not I, think, lie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think probably more. I think I'd take more.
1: Yeah, I think I would too.
0: I would too. Um, and this isn't just because I, I mean, I, I, I joke around about it, but I do believe LaVisca Chenault is going to be a breakout. Um, he's already getting a lot of volume and he's outproducing by touches, DJ Chark. I think DJ Chark's going to be, it turn into a Will Fuller-esque kind of player on his team where mm-hmm. there'll be weeks that he'll win it to you. And then there'll, he'll disappear, fall off a map. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's end our uh, name game with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or James Robinson. Rest of season.
2: I'm gonna go with Clyde.
1: Me too.
0: I would too. I do think James Robinson's fantastic. He is a top ten running back as of now. But I agree. What about uh, Ceh or Kenyon Drake?
1: Clyde. Same.
0: That breaks my heart. But yeah, yeah.
2: I, hate I hate it. Make me cry. Ceh man.
0: or Jonathan Taylor.
1: Clyde. Clyde.
0: Clyde for me as well, and then Clyde Edwards-Helaire or Miles Sanders. Clyde, (laughs) Clyde. I feel like I just targeted Parker with those last two, but that was not intentional. I (laughs) didn't when I was putting together the show notes. I I didn't realize they were on your same team. Okay, let's do a fact and fiction. We'll round up our time here. Uh, Basically, in this segment, I'll give you a stat that's so far correct, and you're going to tell me if it's going to stay or if it's going to fall off. We'll just do a couple here. James Robinson, top ten running back moving forward.
2: Sure. I mean, I don't – what is he, seventh right now? Yep. Right? I could see him ending top ten. I'll give that a continue.
1: Uh, I'm going to say Fiction. I think he drops out of the top ten.
0: Bold take. What about Robbie Anderson will exceed 1,250 receiving yards in 2020? He's on pace right now for 1,500 yards. Do you think he's a 1,200-plus-yard receiver this year, Parker? Mm.
2: Yeah, I'll say fact. Yeah.
1: Yeah, me too. Fact.
0: And then DK Metcalf, top three receiver, end of season. Right now, he's number three. Top Justin, three? Yeah, top three. Justin, what you think?
1: I'd say Fiction. I think he drops out. I think he's still in the top 10, but maybe not top five.
2: Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I think he probably stays in the top 10, but I don't think he stays in the top three. I'm going to say Fiction.
0: Well, boys, that's it. That's, that's our show notes. Uh, Dr. Rogers, giving you the floor here to conclude. Any smack talk you want to give? Anything you want to announce? Any news you want to uh, promote?
1: I'm just happy to be competing <laughs> right now. Uh, where I was when I inherited this team and started and where I am now, I'm really happy to be there. So I don't think I want to look a gift horse in the mouth. Uh, I'll say <laughs> thank you for letting me play and I hope I continue to do well.
0: well um you know what when you when you jump off here in a second parker and i will uh we'll we'll smack talk for you okay okay. (laughs) no but in all seriousness uh thank you so much for making time i know it's a busy schedule for all of us but uh hope you have a good rest of the day and uh we'll say bye to justin here in just a moment i will pick back up with our debbie picks moving forward in uh, 2021 draft class but as of now thank you dr rogers and thank you parker for your time i really appreciate it All right, thanks. Okay. Well, um, thank you very much, Parker, for joining, um, letting you co-host with me. I don't necessarily feel comfortable. I'm intimidated by the intelligence of Justin Rogers. And so (laughs) the prospect of doing that um, was intense. Um, The entire time I had like sweats, Uh, you know, (laughs) for those of you who don't know, Parker and I went to Freed. We had Dr. Rogers as a professor, uh dr rogers and parker became very good friends dr rogers still intimidates me uh awesome guy fantastic man very intelligent and <laughs> intellect that's that's an intimidating factor for me um i felt like at any given moment i was going to like speak out of turn and i called him justin once once at the end of the podcast and i almost was like ah dr rogers but
2: yeah i still can't almost. bring myself <laughs> to do that with any kind of consistency it just feels weird <laughs>
0: Oh man! Oh yeah, I uh, I could see my eyes getting huge as I said it. Uh, but in all seriousness, he's actually turned his team around. I know for the first couple of weeks there was some question there about um, you know what what he was going to do with that roster. Yeah, but he's really come on strong yeah. there. Yeah, once 42. he
2: once he got comfortable with the league format and the way the rosters were set up and the way scoring was done, it took him a while to figure out the taxi squad stuff. But yeah, it was just like it
0: does it did for all of us and. You know, I think it's amazing that we have such a close knit community now. We're doing podcasts weekly. We're doing stuff together. Uh, we're chatting constantly. It's awesome to see him jump in on that because mm-hmm. it took us a full year before we got to the point where we were doing that with each other. So yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that he continues to to continues to do what he's been doing. And um, I'll tell you what, that's CEH Patrick Mahomes stack.
2: Yeah, that's, that's spooky, be
0: scary for, for years to to come. Well, I wanted to uh, take a second here. And kind of share with you my Debbie picks moving forward. The way we'll do okay. it is at the end of every podcast, I will throw out uh, a couple of um, players that you should keep an eye on. Let me go ahead and also say I'm not going to talk about the big four or really the big five at this point. I'm not going to talk about Trevor Lawrence. I'm not going to talk about Justin Fields, Najee Harris, or Trevor uh, Travis Etienne because no duh, they're locked and loaded, fantastic superstars. But Uh, My goal is to help present to you a couple of players that you should have on your radar. My binder of notes that I have for this is extensive, and I have every player starting our top 100 now in this next draft, as well as rookie, uh, young players that we should keep an eye on, and high school players that are going to break out. I have a high school note page here. So what we'll do is I'll present three names. I'll present someone in the 2021 class that you should keep your eye on. I'll present someone who's presently in college that could raise the ranks into that uh, 2022 draft class. That's really exciting. And then a future Debbie, very far off in the distance Debbie. The name I'd like to present to you today is someone that you may know, you may not know, Rondale Moore, wide receiver at Purdue. He's a 5'9", 200 pound guy, he's a little undersized, but as a sophomore, his production uh, has been fantastic. With the Big Ten opening up this week, I would invite every one of you to, to turn on your television And to watch this man play, he's electric off the line of scrimmage. His release is unbeatable. His route running is clinical. And he's constantly creating separation, constantly uh, burning these corners at a high level. And he plays in the Big Ten. The competition that he has around him is pretty fantastic. Not only that, uh, he has no quarterback throwing to him of any kind of merit at all. And he's consistently produced at a high level. Would not surprise me if come um, March, when they do the combine, that we see his speed score be unbelievable and him jump into a second round or first round talent. Keep your eye on Rondale Moore. Uh, You could probably get him in the second round or third round in our draft, depending on what his combine looks like, because he's undersized and he's not very, um, he doesn't have the high name pedigree as, for instance, a Rashad Bateman or a Jalen Waddle coming into this class. My kind of in the distance pick is a boy named CJ Stroud. He is a freshman quarterback at Ohio State. Uh I've had my eye on him since the Elite 11 a couple of years ago where he walked out MVP. And maybe you're thinking to yourself, Elite 11, what is that? Well, it's a premier quarterback camp where they take some of the best quarterbacks in high school and put them together and name an MVP. Uh this year Trent Dopher was the guy who ran it. Uh and if you're curious about its effect, let me list off some names of people in the past who have been MVP or runner-up. Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Tua Tagovailoa, Jake Fromm, and oh, who was that boy? Oh, Andrew Luck. Yeah, he was He was also the winner of that. Uh, so consistently, they pick top-tier quarterbacks. C.J. Stroud was fantastic. We're not going to see him for a couple of years. Ohio State has a lot of depth. It's going to be two years before he probably even sees the field. But when he does, watch out. C.J. Stroud's coming for a first-round Pick and perhaps first overall um, in the NFL draft 2023. Now, for my dart throw high school player of the week, which I, I'm excited for this. I've watched more high school film than I care to admit. I'm going to throw at you a guy from the great state of California, Troy Franklin. Troy Franklin is a wide receiver. Uh, he's right now, presently, a five star. He's just come into Oregon. He is 6'3, 220 pounds. As a high school senior. Uh, The thing about him that's incredible is obviously his contested jump balls are fantastic, but that's actually not what he does. He's not an outside receiver. He runs in the slot at 6'2", 220 pounds.
1: (laughs) Uh,
0: So he's got clinical footwork. He's got great hands. Keep an eye on Troy Franklin moving forward. Um, And if you are curious about wanting to be able to see any film on him, because you're really looking ahead to that 2023-2024 draft, um, please look him up. He's at Minio Atherton High School, Minio Atherton High School, Troy Franklin in the class of 2021 to Oregon. So those are my three names of the week. Um, I will do this every podcast, just a little blurb at the end to keep you locked and loaded moving forward. Um, My top 50 uh, rankings will go up on the webpage and they'll be updated monthly starting here in just a little bit. If you're interested in looking at kind of who to pick up in the draft or Debbie players, there'll be a combination of all of them. And I'm not tooting my own horn here, but uh, it was me who said Justin Jefferson on my top 25 rankings was the third best overall player. Not that he got drafted third overall. In fact, I drafted Cam Akers in that spot, but in my <laughs> rankings, it was true. Um, I, I also did kind of whiff pretty spectacularly on, on Henry Ruggs though. So take it with a grain of salt. Um, anything else you'd like to say to the people, Parker, before we uh, sign off for today?
2: Other than I would avoid any Ohio State quarterback like the plague. No. Justin Fields? What?
0: Else. Justin Fields is going to be great. CJ Stroud is the future. Tom Brady, step aside. The GOAT <laughs> is coming out of Columbus, Ohio.
2: Yeah. Well, I'll believe it when I see it, I guess. When was the last time Ohio Don't State. There.
0: Don't go there. Don't no, go. I'm
2: genuinely curious. Like, uh-huh. who's the last? the last guy to, to actually play quarterback.
0: Fair point. I was going to say, we got Terrell Pryor, baby. 1,000-yard yeah. receiving season. Um, Honestly and truthfully, we haven't really had a good one. Um, okay. Really, in a long time, Justin Fields is going to break that, I think. This is the highest-ranked prospect we've had as a quarterback. Um, I mean, seriously, we've never really had a quarterback that anyone was interested in. Um, thing about Justin Fields, he'd be first overall if it wasn't for Trevor Lawrence, who mm-hmm. – Oh, my goodness. I am. I have never been bought in more on a high, uh, college athlete since Andrew Locke than I am Trevor yeah, Lawrence.
2: Yeah, uh, Trevor Lawrence is undoubtedly – I just hate Clemson.
0: Me too. I just can't stand Clemson. Oh, just out of curiosity, I know we're kind of out of time, but first overall, second overall in the rookie draft, where are you thinking Trevor Lawrence is going to land?
2: Oh, goodness.
0: In our rookie draft. In I our
2: – mm, well <laughs> – I mean, I could see him go on one or two, but I don't think anybody in our league needs a quarterback that desperately. I get well, but I thought you believed in Gardner Minshew.
0: He's going to lose his starting job to Trevor Lawrence. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be honest.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I could see him going top three easily.
0: Okay, okay. Well, with that, guys, we'll uh, we'll let you take off, take care. Um, I will try to have this edited and dropped by Saturday morning. Um, and thanks again for Justin Rogers for making time out of his schedule. Parker Pierce, making time out of your schedule. Uh, Fridays are my day off, so it was easy on my schedule. A little earlier than I would have liked here this morning, but, you know, hey, you can't win all the battles. Until until next week, uh, take care and see you guys.